In today's episode, I talk to local comedian of Oshkosh, Wisconsin, Nick Brandle. Nick has been doing it at this point for about four years. Uh, at the time of this intro, it would be now six years. He started at Backlot Comedy doing some improv, rolled that into stand-up, and great guy, super funny. Seen him at some, some local shows as well as at Skyline Comedy. And we had a super fun conversation. I hope you enjoy Five, it. Four, three. What's up, friends? What's up, friends? We're back. But why not? But why not? Question of the day is a debate that needs to be solved uh, just as far as major roadways in northeast Wisconsin. 41 or 43, which is the better interstate? So this is crucial. We are settling the debate in the comments right now. If we get one comment, that settles it. So hopefully it's an odd number and, and hopefully you, you always want a glaring victory. I feel like you do. You don't want it to be like two to one or, you know, you, don't, you know, right. Or yeah, exactly. We want like four to one. What do you think? Uh, in the debate between I forty one, I mean, I, I I live in Oshkosh now, but I grew up in Manitowoc, so it's been it's right. been both of them. You know? Which I think is why you have a great perspective on the it matter. Is. I mean, you go up to Green Bay and they sort of meet, and then they split apart and come back down. It's just a matter of you want to travel through, uh, you know, the Fox Valley. You go through Kakana and Appleton, and then down through Fond du Lac. Or do you like the Lakeshore? Do you want to go through Manitowoc, Sheboygan? Right. I think in terms of efficiency. I-43 is the way, because I think if you're going from Milwaukee to Green Bay, I-43 is faster. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, And the lakeshore is more impressive than, than the Lake Winnebago Lakeshore, which I'm not sure you catch much of anyways on I-41. So that, no. is a, that is a downplay. But I will say in I-41's defense, since I grew up here my whole life, is that uh, I was actually just talking to someone about this, which uh, goes to show how weak my conversation game is. <laughs> Uh, we were talking, um, well, I brought up that I think I-41 is one of, obviously, I don't know all the interstate system. It's pretty uh, expansive, but I think it's one of the only ones that basically just, like, goes to nowhere just because there's, like, some cities and industry up there. So, like, all the interstates have, like, a purpose. They're like, how do you get here the fastest? Like, let's build that because apparently they wanted, it was, like, for World World War Two to like get tanks across the country as efficiently as possible. That was like the point, I guess, of mm-hmm. the interstate system. I-41, there's no efficiency benefit. It just goes up there because of like Appleton yeah. and, and Nina and the paper industry. And it, and it keeps going like down into Florida too. It just ends where the country ends. Oh. It just goes, 41 goes. Right, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right, okay. So only our little section of 41 is unnecessary. <laughs> You, you could say that. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. So I'm going with I-43 then. It's not as unique as I thought it was, I-41. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was my tidbit. Um, cool. So how did you get into comedy? Because you've been a teacher for a number of years now. That came first. Were you just kind of like bored? Was it something that <laughs> nagged at you? Pretty much anything I've done in my life since about the age of 16 has been by accident. Um, uh, just some of the things I've fallen into, um, like comedy-wise, 
comedy probably started like when I was really young. Like it was probably second grade when my second grade teacher, Mrs. Meyer, wrote on my report card, Nick finishes his work early, then bothers the other students. <laughs> because I was just wanted to be like the center of attention and you know, there's the term class clown or anything like that. But if I could make people laugh, I'm I thought, you know, this is this is a cool thing. I you know, I always wanted to do that. Um, and then as far as comedy, where I started was in improv. Some friends of mine um, from college moved out to L.A. And then one of them worked on CSI Miami. When that show got canceled, they were like, we're moving back here. Hilarious um, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the highest of high comedy with David Caruso. Um, and they decided to come back. And um, Kyla, who owns the comedy club, The Backlot in Oshkosh now, wanted to do like a, an event planning business and then mike who was with her said well we have all this space that you rented out here on main street i want to start a comedy club and i wasn't going to do it um i just thought i didn't have enough time i didn't you know yep. i didn't really do any acting improv comedy stuff like that but i ended up auditioning and now we've been doing that for six and a half years and then the stand-up sort of evolved out of that we did open mics and we had some uh, stand-up showcases with some bigger comedians and I just tried my hand on it I said well you know I'm not afraid of getting in front of a group of people because mm -hmm. I'm teaching already so right. that doesn't scare me um, and it's just really especially in the Fox Valley the last two three years has just exploded as far as you know just the number of people that are doing it and the number of places that are accepting comedy as a part of their business now yeah it's it's really interesting and the people who are showing up it seems like is is pretty solid too yeah i mean we we get good numbers the backlot can hold about 50 people with the bus seats that they have in there uh, and the stadium seating uh but other places you know whether it's an open mic or you know showcases like you said the one at the bare bones was it was sold out i mm -hmm. mean and there were people buying tickets as you walked in and um it's it's something that the Fox Valley really hasn't had on a on a broad scale. Right. Um, you know, the skyline's been here. There was the Comedy Quarter in Nina that was there for a while, uh, but as far as people from the Valley moving and you know doing things from Milwaukee to Green Bay to Madison to all over the Midwest, there hasn't been that kind of broad scale. And now, like I said, in the past two three years, there's just so many people doing so many things and it's really awesome yeah between so i mean uh, I, I try and follow it and it seems like part of it is just people taking a leap um much like backlot did about seven years ago mm -hmm. like you said um but like uh like fox valley comedy shows mm -hmm. and what lyle's doing and then um yeah like you said even businesses just being like let's do a comedy night. Uh, I guess Cimarron in Menasha mm -hmm. and Crane's Butter is doing these little comedy shows that in Kimberly. Yep. And, um, do you think all that, all this action or the increase of action and just kind of like, uh, cause I, I know it definitely, um, increases kind of the interactions between local people trying comedy and people who've been doing it for a while. Do you think it's, brought up the talent level or or like forced people to or that it's pushed i guess some people to develop in comedy just with being able to bounce ideas off of people um just to have that many comics even, even if you go to like the skyline open mic on a wednesday and you don't get on the list because so many people are signing up mm -hmm. people still stay and just talk you know and just see people on stage see what they're doing um 
you know, I always have a notepad with me at all times to write stuff down and just take notes of what people are doing. And just to see the different kinds, you know, you might see someone and say, that's funny. I wouldn't be able to do it that way um, because mm -hmm. that's just not my style. Right. But just to see different people being able to do that and the, the, just the area from which they draw from. Mm -hmm. I, I remember one time at the open mic, there was three people that were driving down from uh, northern upper Michigan. So it was like, a, you know, that's like a three and a half, four hour drive. And yeah. they're coming for four minutes of stage time each. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, who's going to do that? But, you, you know, you respect that. And, and then you network with them. And, you know, if you have time during the summer, which I do as a teacher, right. and they said, oh, you know, come up here on this night for this weekend. And you want to do a couple shows here. And, you nice. know, it all just sort of branches off like that. So have you so you've been booking shows that way or you have booked shows that way yeah just by net, networking with people Sweet. and um you know there was we just had a show in sheboygan at the wild center for uh like the local food bank there where there was um comic from green bank comic from milwaukee myself uh we did a you know show there uh there's some uh, Maddie Field, a friend, is going to do some at Oshkosh at the Fifth Ward Brewery. Mm -hmm. So it's you know all these all these businesses that you know you look at it and it's like bare bones. I love bare bones because that was just uh, the owner of it just wanted a place to drink with his buddies, mm -hmm. and he was a home brewer, and then it just built it built you know because yep. that's his business. That's he also has a you know another business that's attached to it. Right, and then. Now it's this place where people go. They have a, you know bike trails that go through people riding their bikes through the summer. Yep. Now he's adding the comedy. He he built the side room to it, and yeah, you know, out of once was just like a metal shed. Right now, all of a sudden, there's this place that people can go to and congregate and congregate. For and sure. it's and it's it, what's really neat about it is, except for the menus of what's on tap, there are no TVs there. Yeah, which makes it. I you know I'd love a place like that. Yeah, absolutely. You live in Oshkosh, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, um, yeah. It is cool to see that. I guess uh, the two downtown here in Appleton, Appleton Beer Factory and McFleshman's are are very much like that too. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually that's where the next Fox Valley Comedy one is going to be is uh, the Beer Factory. But I, I like how that generates too. Right, it like something about craft brewing is just fun and it kind of curates that, yeah. that fun mm -hmm. atmosphere um sweet so do you do the improv every weekend because i know there's like a team that kind of yeah we're at about 12 right now in our troop and um we have shows every weekend at uh nine o'clock friday and saturday and there's usually a host and then anywhere from four to six cast members that will be on for that weekend okay we don't have to be on every weekend because yeah. i mean we i mean there's some that have you know little kids or they live in appleton or sure. kimberly we had one guy driving up from like milwaukee and wausau for a while wow. so they were making long trips so yeah it's not every weekend but um that we have to perform but there are shows that are going to be okay. there every weekend we have an open mic as well uh first friday of every month and then we're starting to do a monthly like stand-up showcase as well getting more you know three or four was that the patio thing uh we started on the patio and then um it's getting cold the first one we did it went well the second one there was like severe thunderstorm warning so we had to move it inside and just from feedback from people they just sort of like that in the comics just sort of like that feel inside. being inside better yeah that's interesting um have you ever heard of the new piano guys 
Yeah. So my fiance and I went to see them in Titletown mm-hmm. and she had been wanting to see them forever and she just had seen dueling pianos in Madison. Yeah. And she was like, um, it was cool, but like it wasn't as cool as what we saw in Madison. Like I bet you they'd be cool like inside. And I think it's something about just like the the ceiling and like the, the capturing that noise and the mm-hmm. feedback of the laughter and in the in the even when it's doing pianos, people are laughing. They're usually like doing jokes and stuff in between or like changing lyrics or yeah. being interactive. But yeah, there is something about that, that intimacy that being trapped in that room creates, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Doing comedy outside is, is different. Um, you know, depending Did you on, do the paper fest thing? I didn't do the paper fest okay. thing, but you mentioned, um, you know, Crane's Butter had his, um, and it was like camps. On, the, on the, at camps on the patio. And that was just different. You know, a being outside on the patio, mm-hmm. the setup with the microphone, but then there was, they had a horseshoe pit. Yeah, there. and there's guys <laughs> playing horseshoes, and the owner and they're like, "Oh my god, is that going to bug you to hear the clink? You know, what's going uh, on?" Probably. And I'm like, I'm you know, I'm probably not going to notice it. But what I did notice was that it bothered between the between throws, guys were coming to the rail and watching the comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, to where their teammates were like, "Hey, you know." Dale, it's your turn. You get up there and they're watch. So that was pretty cool to see them get interested in that as well. That is cool, yeah. I feel like, do you feel like, um, and maybe you had this right away because you're used to trying to capture attention, um, teaching, mm-hmm. trying to get students' attention, but uh, there's some, because I did an open mic um, at Skyline once just to try it. It was, did terrible. <laughs> and I had done one other like student comedy show at UWO yeah. that I... I helped put together and I did all right. It was just like one of those stroke of luck first time things where it just worked. Yeah. Um, but my read on it is there's really something about delivery and like posture and presence that draws in the crowd. So like you could have someone who maybe even has better written material but they don't have the presentation that wouldn't draw Dale front to leave his his horseshoe game. Do yeah. You, do you I, feel that? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there's um, some of the, I don't want to say younger, but newer comics that I have seen, you know, when they first start out, you know, you can practice all you want, but you get in front of the microphone, there's the lights there and it's glaring and you, some, you can see some of the people, you can't see the rest. And if you say something and it goes silent and that panic mode goes off in your head, um, you know, that, that can be a scary feeling. But just being able to do it over and over again and getting the hang of it, 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 it's really going up there and seeing what works. And that's what that's what's great about open mics. And you said, you know, I bombed in an open mic. Nobody bombs in an open yeah. mic. You know, yeah, that, yeah. It, it, that's people, you know, it's, it's testing. In your head, yeah. Right? yeah, you're <laughs> just going out there to test stuff that's out there. Um, but if if you really can't, you know, s- you, you know, sell that joke or you have you know just a if you're quiet or monotone you, you can make that work too because i mean Stephen right. wright is the most monotone comedian out there and he's freaking hilarious with his one-liners um but if you really don't believe in yourself and you go up there and you're doubting it's you know it's just not going to work and i've seen plenty of funny people that said oh it's not working i gotta you know i'm gonna give it up and you, you always tell them you know don't give up Right. You just have you just got to work harder and get up there and do more stuff. And it's just like anything. You get up there, it's just like your first day teaching. You know, 
mm-hmm. you're going to say something and they're not you, you think it's the best lesson plan you've ever done and you're going up there and they don't get it and then you're like now what do i have to do <laughs> now you know how do i bridge that yeah gap? this isn't this isn't working it works for me um so just like teaching you have to sort of learn your audience as well right. you have to know where you're performing um how many people are there um you know, at, at at that show in Sheboygan, I, I had no idea what kind of crowd it was going to be. And I got there, and it was a pretty big theater. Um, and he said he sold about 450 tickets. And I'm like, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I, I know what I'm going to do. I can't change, you know, I'm not going to change anything 10 minutes before, but I'm seeing these people walk in. And it was an older crowd. And I'm like, do I have to adapt anything here? Um, when I when I say older, I'm not saying like you know 50s, 60s. There's 70s, 80s. You know, there, yeah. there, there was one person there that talked to me after the show. That was like 91 years old, <laughs> and you know he, he remembered one of my jokes, and he's like, oh, you know, you know, I was I, I remember that. I remember when Mr. Rogers was first on TV. <laughs> That's a great joke that you did. And I'm like, thank God, because you know I had jokes about smartphones and smart boards, and right, you know, you don't know how it's gonna go. Right. Um. Did you did the smart board jokes oh yeah you know i did that yeah. because i, I it wasn't all old people no no, no but, but it's about knowing who you're talking it's, to. it's about knowing and if, and if you have an audience that is you know even you know with me being 40 people my age and older we know we know what cell, if cell phones are, we know what smartphones are you know we might not know how to work them all the time but we know that the kids are addicted to them right so you do jokes about the kids being addicted to them and you know people like then that. You, you know and they're like oh yeah just like my kids yeah do you um so do you prefer the the live feedback don't know where this is going to go of improv or do you prefer the i have a pretty good idea of this thing that i crafted in stand-up <laughs> I mean, it is, it's pretty equal because with stand up, you're constantly working on those things. Um, you know, trying to craft the jokes, seeing if you can turn a three minute joke into an eight minute joke. Um, you know, doing, if you're doing 25 to 40 minutes, can you keep it streamlined, you know, in your head? Cause you don't, you hate going up there with notes. Right. Um, without losing your spot or, you know the the, la- the last thing that like my big fear i don't have many fears when i'm up on stage but i don't want to be going so fast that i'm short on time and have to say the phrase so what else do i have you know or losing my train of thought being like okay oh god what was the next joke because right. there's that pause they know they know all of a sudden you're struggling right and some you know, and if you're if you're at a place where they're selling alcohol and this is going, they'll feed on that. And you know, and you'll get then the hecklers rightfully so will be coming at you. Right. But as far as improv, I like improv because it is just, you know, it's you have you have to think of it now. Right. Or the scene is dead. You lose the crowd. Yeah. And that's a challenge I like because always when I when I've been growing up or doing anything, it's the quick comeback. I've yeah. always wanted to be able to, you know, someone says something and boom, everyone would look at me because I'm going to be the guy that comes back with something right away. Right. Um, and working with the different people we work with that have different backgrounds and different expertise, like we get suggestions that some of the younger kids don't know, or there'll be a suggestion like, I have no idea, like, what, like new music. 
I'm lost when it comes to new music. Like yeah. people, like, like kids the, are coming up, and you know, there's like, oh, you're just like Tekashi, Post Malone or Tekashi, you know, Cardi B or something. I'm like, yeah. those are made up names. I have no idea what you're talking right. about. <laughs> there was one today where even a fellow teacher was like, oh, did you hear this song? I think it was Lizzo. Is that? <laughs> is, it, and I was you don't like, know it? I did. I'm on. like, I'm like, that's a made up person. I'm like, <laughs> she's like, you know that song. Like, <laughs> I literally listen to like satellite radio i listen to like pearl jam radio and like yeah. jazz station stuff like that yeah i don't know who these new people are i have no idea so they come up with these suggestions and you have to come up with something with it right you know even if you don't know who or what it is you have to turn like i don't know who lizzo is i have to turn that into something so it is the new lizard superhero right. you know, <laughs> that's what it's going to become right because it has to be yeah you it has to be something or you can't connect yeah the the only way that connects i would say with stand-up is if you decide as a comic that you're going to do crowd work yeah you're going to ask someone in the have audience you done something. That? i i've you done that it? um and it, it <laughs> you have no idea where it's going to go mm -hmm. you ask the wrong person you look at this person and they've been sitting there and they've been laughing and it's okay and then all of a sudden you find out they are eight glasses of wine in <laughs> and then all of a, they clam i, up I picked or, the wrong person or they yeah. say something that's like you know offensive right <laughs> or, and you got to try and run with it yeah um or you get someone that thinks and there's always going to be that person but thinks that they're funnier than you or they're gonna you know right. oh he's talking to me this is my turn to get a joke in as the person in the audience right. so the person, crowd work yeah. can be pretty dangerous so you have to be able to if it goes whether it goes well or goes terribly you have to be able to improvise off of that as well yeah do you know ari shafir yeah um I went there with Lyle to see him at some Milwaukee comedy mm -hmm. fest thing. Yeah. And um, it was part of his new like um, tour that he's doing. It's Ari Shafir colon Jew. Like yeah. that's his, yeah. his thing. Mm -hmm. And he did crowd work at the end. It felt like crowd work. Cause he was just at like, ask me anything about Judaism and he was yeah. just riffing mm -hmm. and it was, uh, it was really cool to see from like someone who kind of understands comedy. Like that's my perspective, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I was like, damn, like either these were, cause he was like bringing it to things that felt like throwaway jokes, maybe like mm -hmm. things that he had written, but didn't put in his main act. And then yeah. it, it was really cool, but it's cool. The levels that you can like the depth you can get into. Yeah. Like, do you, so, and something I gathered from your show to, um, is that you seem to dive into different aspects of comedy, not just like, like you're not a one-liner guy. You, mm -hmm. like you go into stories and you make connections. Like, is that pretty accurate depiction? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's, you know, I'll have, I'll work on a set and I say, okay, I have 20 minutes tonight. This is what I'm going to do. And I'll practice it. And I say, okay, this block I got eight minutes out of this one. I did five. I have to fill, you know, the last. Now I got to do math. I'm a math teacher. Last seven. <laughs> I got to fill the last okay. seven. Um, but I get on stage and the story will go, and then I'll remember something, and it just, you know, right. Speaking of interstate highways with <laughs> exits, it's just right. I'll get off at this exit. Now I got to get back on. Right. Um, I'm more. I like to do. I don't want to say like intellectual type stuff but it's it's cool to get everyone in a room to laugh right. but when i'm you know if i say something or i say a punchline and i say a joke and i'm in front of 70 people and one person belly laughs 
because it's it's you know if it's a deep cut on something right. that almost gives me more satisfaction yeah. than having all seventy people go at the same time. Right. But yeah, I'll, I mean, there are times when I get going where it's just I'll be off the rails and I just try to bring it back. Yeah, or I'll, or I'll be just not screaming, but you know, I, yeah. I'll get like I'll get frustrated <laughs> myself. You know, telling a joke like, "Why is this going on? Why why are people like this? Why yeah. you know." That's cool. It's a, quick, it's a quick trip. Just it's a chicken sandwich. Just stop staring, you know. And <laughs> right. I'll just get angry and. That's. I think that's probably a testament to your improv work. If I. Yeah. Which is is cool. Um, do you have any comedians that you look up to? Or any like back in the day that you really were like, wow. Um. Feeling like growing up, and it's interesting because like I grew up on a farm, and there was no one within five years there was my cousin was two years older than me but besides him there was no one within five years of me within like a three mile radius so i didn't have you know i didn't have friends that we went out and got on the bike and rode around town because that would have taken five hours to ride around the block where we were and we i didn't have cable or anything until i was like in junior high um but just you know when i went over to friends house or um you know other people had like you know maybe comedy records or something and i would listen to those or we would watch you know showtime stuff or you know even regular shows that i wasn't able to watch or movies or anything like that like i I loved like steve martin steve martin's hilarious and like not even like the mid 80s steve martin where he's doing all those movies but like when he was in the 70s with like saturday night live and stuff being able Mm -hmm. to watch that steve martin's hilarious um, I loved Monty Python. Mm. Watching Monty Python was just mind blowing to me. Some of the stuff that they did. So those were some of like the early influences because that was more yeah physical kind of stuff. Right. So I you know I I would do physical kind of stuff too to get laughs as well when you were know, like a, yeah like right. at school doing you know like just stupid Chris Farley type stuff where you're just falling down or doing this or that you know yeah. just to get a laugh. Do you ever see? Do you ever see the videos now, where at every sporting event, kids, uh, like people's elbow, like a fold-up table? That's, oh yeah, that's just like a thing now. Yeah, what it's you, yeah. What's they, your take on that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up growing, uh, grew up going to Packer games and seeing tailgaters and stuff like that, and they're <laughs> wild, crazy people at Lambeau Field, but they're just drinking. Right, go to the game and then just becoming intoxicated. Right. If you ever follow Scanner Squawk during a game, do that. Hashtag Scanner Squawk during a Packer yeah, home yeah. game is hilarious. We wrote a blog about that. We'll tag that in the comments. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's I'd, fun. I'd love it. Yeah. But now seeing like, I think it's the Buffalo Bills fans. They do that every game. There's just like whether it's kids or whether it's like <clears throat> like grown men. Like huge grown men just like jumping off of buses <laughs> onto another grown man that's on a table. And I'm yeah. like, all right. This is it. <laughs> I mean, it's funny to watch, but I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. Now I'm at that age where it's like, dude, that, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Um, most of the time they do. Do you ever watch Workaholics? Did you, did you ever watch that show? Or yes. Really? So I don't remember where the hell I saw this or why I know this, but Blake with the curly hair. Mm-hmm. Um, before they did workaholics and like were famous, like fractured his back doing exactly that. Like, so I'm trying. I'm, the only reason I even brought that up is I was trying to think like when did that trend start. But I feel like barstool sports 
is always posting videos of, of people, people doing that. People yeah. elbowing tables, yeah. Well, I'm growing up. So that's how you got your comedy start, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing stupid stuff like that. But when you said Chris Farley, I, I, I think it's Tommy Boy, isn't it? Where he just like collapses onto the table, or is that an yeah. SNL thing? Yeah, no, that's, that's Tommy, Tommy Boy. Boy. Yeah, well, he did that on SNL. Right in too, college, but, yeah. he's in college, and he gets sees yeah, or something. The hit of the ball, yeah, wombat. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember that scene well. Yeah. But there, you, you mentioned that, but um, yeah. like how far does that go back where people jump off of things to injure each other? <laughs> there was an Oshkosh on the local cable access in the 90s, the late 90s. It was just backyard wrestling. In Oshkosh. In Oshkosh. They had Damn. these kids set up a ring, and they recorded it, and Oshkosh kids? cable access television. Yeah, like high school like, kids. Wow. Like high school kids. And they were doing this stuff. And they recorded it. And Cable's heyday. Yeah. And like <laughs> someone who was like in charge of the cable access said, sure, we'll fill an hour with this <laughs> of you guys endangering your own lives. That's awesome. And I didn't, it, it didn't dawn on me when I was watching it because there was this, um, one of the wrestlers was called the Hardcore Wonder. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. It was Hornswoggle. It was Dylan Postal from, he went to Oshkosh West and really? went out to the WWE as Hornswoggle. Really? And yeah, there's videos of him doing that stuff in like the early 90s. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn. But yeah, they would just, again, it's just basically people jumping off of things <laughs> onto other people. <laughs> right. And it's right. entertainment value. Yeah. And that's uh, that's what helped make Donald Trump famous, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever works now. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's weird because like, I search a lot of location tags on Instagram, like for Northeast Wisconsin, mm -hmm. for, for Venture Wisconsin. And every once in a while, there seems to be just this like influx of WWE. Like there's this like, like it's having a resurgence or something, or maybe, maybe it just never left. But of that like amateur level stuff, mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's just because they're like using Instagram really heavily to like, rather than access cable. Um, yeah, well, shows shows in the Fox Valley when they have those, they, they sell out all the time. You yeah, know, you look at um, with the with the Menominee Nation Arena, their one of their largest crowds, if not the largest crowd, was uh, I, I believe it's like an amateur. I don't know wrong, was like AEW, I think it was where Dylan he like sets that up and gets you know some bigger name indie wrestlers but then some like older stars from like the past and they come that, that sells the place out yeah like he brought some to our school like they set up a ring in in our gymnasium at oshkosh west and brought people in and like got our dean of students and assistant principals involved and got them like <laughs> choke slamming people and, I'm, and it like I, I was yeah i was there watching it and then like it, our entire it, like every seat was sold out in that gym like and it's like that doesn't that's even so crazy. that doesn't even happen when we have an all-school assembly <laughs> kids leave you know right. and now this is like selling out for that kind of stuff so it's crazy it's interesting to me um it's interesting to me what this region buys this market is just interesting because like a lot of people like my age like leave Mm -hmm. Like they're during basically from like college graduation until let's say 32. Yeah. Like a lot of people leave and then they come back. So it's just fascinating seeing how the like adult demographic chooses to entertain themselves, you know? 
Like, oh, you could. I mean, just the list of stuff that you can like, like during the winter, battle on bago. You know, it's the ice fishing and then yeah, prizes huge. and drinking and bands on the lake if it's cold enough, which yeah. it usually is. You know, you have that. Um, that makes sense to me, though. So, like, big live music stuff makes sense mm-hmm. to me. Um, bunch of people coming together to basically party around a common theme. That's like a Wisconsin. It's like mm-hmm. a fest. Anything with, that ends in fest. Anything that ends in fest. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's good. If um, there's alcohol, that's good. Right. But um, it's just interesting. Some of the shows of, like, cover bands and, and just, like, where you don't really know what you're getting. You mm-hmm. just kind of know. Just that that so many people come out to that stuff. I'm always like, wow, that's... This is interesting to me. And, you know, like during the summer county fair season and like tractor pulls and stuff like that. And, um, <laughs> that too, yeah. you know, well, it, like, like I that. said, with the arena in Oshkosh, you know, they have bands going there. There was the, uh, the glow, the women's basketball team that went undefeated and, you know, across the street right now, there's, there's, there's Hamilton. Oh yeah, that's like I looked on the app yeah. because there's you, 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 there's a lottery that yeah. if every day you can like there's like certain number of tickets they give away if you didn't get a show. Oh really? And it, it just blew my mind because you have to download the app. Yeah. And it's like pick the city that it's going in, and it's like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Appleton. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is okay. cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, that they have it coming here. This is absolutely awesome that right. they're doing that because oh, yeah. what other city? of 50 some thousand or 60,000 is going to have Hamilton. It's not like it's going to, you know, you're scrolling through it's Oh, we're in Hoisington, Kansas. Let's yeah, go see right? this tonight. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's crazy. That is cool. That's, it is a testament to just the uniqueness of, and again, it comes back to that, like the industry that afforded us the right to have I 41 come up to this area. It's like, mm-hmm. um, each community was strong enough. Uh, for the most part still is but i mean some have closed throughout the ages but each community was somehow strong enough to support their own theater their own Mm -hmm. you know their own everything so that is cool um so at the beginning of this you said uh you've just been stumbling upon everything since you were about 16 oh yeah yeah um nate at barley and hops told me that uh you guys did some type of so before we went live you were telling me about uh brewers thing you did for college mm-hmm. project yep i imagine similar project this was but nate said you guys did a project at barley and hops what was that all about oh we had um it was an actual weekly television show that we did on campus um it was and it lasted two seasons and What's a season? What does that mean? Two semesters? We, or what, no, two years? Two years. It nice. was two years, and we probably did about, I want to say, maybe, oh, I don't want to get this wrong, but probably <laughs> 10 episodes a year. Wow. You know, because there'd be a, you know, we'd do a break for like semester and stuff. But it was, um, it was actually pretty cool because we, we, you know, they built the set and everything. And there was, and this was the same guy, Mike, who went out and worked on CSI. But the group of us just came together and came up with an idea for a TV show, like a comedy TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
like all of us had a chance of like writing episodes we we acted in them we took it out like we said we did a couple episodes at barley and hops we went out to um we just went out in the community and you know film stuff and it was like looking back on it now you know you look at it with you know with the sound and the editing and all the actors and the scripts and rehearsing and doing this kind of stuff along with like going to school and having jobs to do it for two years was freaking unbelievable yeah that we pulled that stuff off how many people were in the group like how many people were pulling it off oh there had i mean all said and done with all of the tech stuff and the cameras and lighting and all that there was easily 20 people wow easily and those they're out there somewhere i know they're out there somewhere someone has these on on video or digitally or on dvd or something yeah they're all out there because i think that would be that would be a great thing for all of us now like 15 20 years later to like release it or put it on youtube or something because it was it was actually pretty cool remaster it we could direct, <laughs> director's commentary. We could go like the like the Beatles re-release. Like, get this quad back together. We, I mean, we could get people to. We could get some views on it. I've told people this. I said we could get some clicks on this. <laughs> oh, yeah, relaunch. <laughs> it was. We left it on kind of a cliffhanger because Damn. yeah, my character who was like a slumlord landlord on campus ended up like becoming a senator, and we just left it there. Damn. Yeah. That's a great idea. We're going to get that going. Three, yeah. Season three. <laughs> Fast Season forward. Season three of Life on Hold. Fast forward to uh, <laughs> to right before the Senator's yeah. eighth. Yeah. Eighth, uh, yeah, everybody's got kids now. Yeah. I yeah. lost my seat after one term. I'm like, <laughs> working for struggling like, with unemployment. Yeah, I'm working as a consultant for like CNN or something. Who knows? Nice. Um, what, like, I guess... Like, what are some of the other things you see as stumbling into? Because it seems like you had, like, a, a lot of fun interests that's, like, there was, like, a gap in the middle, it seems like, when maybe you finished up college and started teaching, then all of a sudden, like, this stuff came back into your life. Um, well, I, like, I didn't know. You, you take these tests in high school for, like, what do you want to be? you know what are your interests and then they'll tell you what you want to do you have no idea what you want to do yeah you know like i i took mine and said oh you'd be a good lawyer i'm like i, I don't want to do that you know that's like extra school no yeah. <laughs> i don't want to like graduate and then do this and take the bar exam right um but i had no idea what i wanted to do no idea where i wanted to go to college and honest to god my sister's my older sister's boyfriend at the time went to uwo um, she was still uh, finishing up a semester at the UW Extension in Manitowoc. And he went to UWO, and he came home one day, and I, I saw his jacket. And I'm like, that's a cool jacket. I want to go to UWO and get a jacket like that. That is the reason I chose UWO. Swag. And I looked at it, and, and, I'm, and they're like, well, what are you going to major in there? I'm going to get that jacket. That's all I'm worried about right now. You just so I'm like, uh, I'll it journalism. Out. They're like, okay, yeah, they offer that. I'm like, okay. Yeah, they have a student newspaper. It'd be great. Nice. And then the like the first week I was there, I was a journalism major. And then at the RTF building, I signed up to help out with a remote for a football game. And yeah, we left that story at a cliffhanger. Yeah. And I, sorry. I, I, um, 
signed up for it and you know i'm a freshman and all these people are like well you're probably just gonna like carry things you know up right. the stairs because there was no elevator at titan stadium back then so i'm like thank okay thank you jj keller thank right. you jj yeah. that was that's huge <laughs> that's huge because i do radio now and carrying all that stuff i'm like that elevator is awesome and so i i signed up for it and the day of i got there at like eight o'clock like they told me and uh betsy ratke who was producing everything said the guy that's doing the sideline reporting can't make it do you have any experience you know doing that kind of stuff do you want to do that and i'm like oh yeah of course like yeah at our high school they broadcast the games on local cable all the time <laughs> i'm like never done it right and so i did it um and i remember they won which back in the mid 90s was a rare occasion unlike now where they're really good right and from there on she's like wow that was pretty good she's like i do this like weekly sports show with like campus sports and national sports would you be interested in hosting that nice. and i'm like yeah of course sure. why wouldn't i she's like <laughs> I do okay. this all the time yeah <laughs> and she's like so it'll be next thursday uh show up with like a shirt and a tie and you know do that i didn't own a sh- button down shirt or a tie i had like packers shirts and stuff like that <laughs> So I showed up, and back then I had this, like, huge mop of hair. It was just a terrible idea. And early September, 90-degree day. Can we find any of those photos and put those in the comments? Or Again, if, if, if they digitized that, if there was a tape and they digitized it, it's there. And it's a hilarious moment because I've never done anything like this before. The humidity and heat and the studio lights, you can mm. see my hair growing as the show goes on. And then like the third or fourth segment, my teleprompter goes out. Wow. And you can probably frame by frame find the exact moment where like I pee myself a little bit because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. What am I supposed to, you know, and I'm like looking down every other word at my script, like the tennis team traveling <laughs> to co college, you know. Yeah. And then we did that for years and then I guy from manitowoc who i didn't even know because he went to a different high school he's a couple years older than me did radio and he's like yeah come do this and like i just wow. started doing all this stuff and the, ba- cool. the bad part was like i'm like this is awesome i'm doing tv and radio and then i forgot oh grades right <laughs> <laughs> like i have a chemistry class and i have to like yeah pass and do this stuff yeah so that's how i came to start doing that um that winter we were doing previews for like all the high school sports, all the teams, and I was supposed to do like Oshkosh North Wrestling. I was supposed to go there with a camera and a mic and interview the coach and mm-hmm. put it together. And a friend of mine said, um, I have Oshkosh West girls basketball, uh, but I can't make it that day. Can I switch with you? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And that was, that was on a Tuesday. That Sunday night, the Packers played Tampa Bay, and I made a bet on the air on the radio show that we did that if the Packers lost there's no way they're losing this game if they lose I will shave my head like with a bick Packers lose so now I'm I look you know I look I have a huge misshapen head as it is but to shave it bald was bad so now I have to go and do like interviews at like this high school yeah and so I'm interviewing the coach and I'm noticing like there's like 28 players and like only two coaches so out of nowhere, I just said, you know, would you like help coaching? You know, because you know, I played and yeah, you know, obviously I know everything about that. Um, and she's like, well, yeah, you know, you'd have to be a volunteer because the season has already started. And sure. 
So I helped out with this girls' basketball team. Um, You're still in college at this point. I still in the freshman year of college. <laughs> there was actually one girl on the team because I was the youngest kid in my class in high school. There was one girl on the team who was actually three days older than I was wow. as a senior. So that made it weird. Yeah, um, that is weird. And so at, and that year they were just terrible. Like they won like three games. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, come back next year. You know, we can maybe pay you a little bit." And I'm like, "Okay, that sounds fun." So I did. That year we won one game on an accident a girl jamie Spiro, if you're watching god bless you made a left-handed layup it was the first left-handed layup i'd ever seen her make in her life she has probably never made one since she made it at the buzzer we won one game that year nice. and the head coach is like you know you're gonna come back next year she's like because we're we're gonna be eventually we're gonna be pretty good and i'm like we won one game how yeah. worse can it get <laughs> um and then long story short um i ended up coaching with that team for 23 years holy cow for 20 won a couple state championships here you know wow so i did that for a long time and again that was just Stumbled by accident into it, yeah um and again, they liked you, they liked the bald look <laughs> something just, about they it. they did they did everything in the world to make me uncomfortable as like an 18 19 year old kid i still one of the first days i'm still learning names and you ask some of the girls in the first couple of years, they're like, I, I, we didn't even know who he was. He just didn't talk because the second day of practice, I decided I was going to speak up mm. and there was, we were going through a drill and this, you know, our, our tall post player's name was Shelly Kokakevich and we went through the play. I like that you remember everybody's first oh, I, Sam I, last These name. are, these are vivid. <laughs> and I, the play was over and I said, you know, Shelly, if you're not getting the ball, why don't you think about moving up to like the high post and setting the screen for someone and getting things going again? And the head coach at the time, and 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 she she's great coach, love her to death. She gave me a chance. She's very, um, very old school type of coach, and she just looked at me and said, "If I can I swear on this? Is this a, yeah okay? Yeah. I just." <laughs> She's like, if I want Shelly to go to the goddamn high post, I will tell Shelly to go to the... <laughs> and, like, my eyes got big. And for, like, the next year, I didn't say a freaking word. You know, I was mm -hmm. just learning all this stuff. Yeah. So that was that was a pretty fun, pretty fun time. And then one of the after, one of the huddles afterwards, everyone put their hands in. It's like, okay, we're done tomorrow, practice. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, we have a joke. The head coach like, we have a joke for everybody. And she's like, Dutchie, Kristen Dutcher. So remember her. She's like, Dutchie, can you sew? And she says, nope, but I can menstruate. And they all looked at me and like bald head, just turning red. I'm like, this is what I've gotten myself into coaching high school girls basketball. But I think wow, they were just trying to like get rid of me. I think they were trying to like freak me out and get see, me out of there. See if they could uh, push you out of the culture. See if they could. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm it's, gonna here. <laughs> it's gonna take a lot i'll tell you that right now yeah do you still coach uh i i coach golf now we actually have a golf meet tomorrow which was postponed from tuesday to wednesday to thursday because of the rain mm. um but yeah i coached i did softball for a while golf basketball basketball i'd stopped two years ago now i have my now i have all this free time in the winter and it's awesome <laughs> nice um, yeah so I, I again accidentally stumbled into that um you know, the whole comedy club thing, just accidentally getting into the improv. I wasn't going to audition and then did. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the stand-up thing has just been 
like kind of a war of attrition to people are like you need to do stand up and I'm like eh, you know, I really don't want to and then like you know meeting other people and you sort of and they're like oh are you free this weekend to come to Madison to do this or yep. the, the fun part was like I set a goal for myself like stand up wise I'm like and this is like 12 year old me talking because 12 year old me is pretty pumped with what I'm doing right now yeah. with like comedy and stuff but I said I would love to like not you know be on stage at Skyline like not open mic but like either hosting or doing something like that I just want to you know be part of an actual show where people are paying and there's the two drink yeah. minimum and all that stuff and through open mics and the people I've known they're like oh you know yeah we you should be in you know you should at least be on the list that if we need help or something and you know so I I said well I'm just gonna I'm not gonna beg for it I'm not gonna right. you know drop I'm just gonna wait if they you know if they think I'm worthy of it they'll call me <laughs> so first time they called me and I'm like you know, I had like a paid gig somewhere else, and I'm like, ah, it's, you know, I, I can't this weekend, you know, because I'm already there. Like, oh, yeah, you know, that's okay, that's okay. And then the second time they called, and it was like a family wedding, and I'm like, uh. like okay, I'm weighing my options. Like, is my family going to kill me for not being at this wedding, or am I risking Skyline never calling me again? Because, like, right. so they're like, no, 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 we understand. And then the third time they called, um, and I was supposed to be doing um, improv at, at Oshkosh at the back lot. And then I called Kyle and I said, listen, I know we might be short Friday, but Skyline needs someone to do to host this. And right. she's like, oh, yeah, definitely go do that. So I, so I got to do that. I got to do like a seven-minute set, you know, and then introduce the comics that were there. When was that? Oh, that was couple years ago oh no this was this recently? was recent this was okay. recent i want to say this was middle of august it wasn't too long ago it was okay. like a month month and a half ago okay and i always tell people i get on stage or i'm teaching i'm never scared or nervous they always say how, how can you not be nervous doing this kind of stuff and i got the list of like from skyline of, you know this is what you do this is how much time you have don't forget to mention next week you have to do you know you know oh because you're the host right? you're the host yeah. you know you have to do all this stuff and it you know the show is in you're the they say well you're important because you're keeping things going but this is mm -hmm. not about the host at all you know mm -hmm. you get to do a little bit of a Plug set but you it's, it's, it's about plugging the you know the feature and the headliner and i was like I think my hands were like physically dripping sweat because I was just like, I don't want to screw this up right I'm now. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> people. Yeah, like the, the, you know, the headlining comic came in. And I'm like, I'd shake your hand right now, but I said you would like be so grossed out. And he's like, yeah. Oh no, don't don't worry about it. Do you remember who it was? Um. Oh God, I should remember this off the top of my head right now. I I know the the the, the feature was Charlie Kojis from Madison. And oh my god, I'm drawing a blank right now for some reason. Are your hands physically dripping right now? No, they're, they're not right now. They're, no, they're not. Mike Coletta. It was Mike Coletta. Okay. okay, I knew I would remember it. Yeah, he's from uh, originally from Alaska, but from Seattle. Oh, cool. So that was yeah, that was that was that was a lot of fun. So that's awesome. Little goals here and there. Yeah. What do you know where you want to take it? I I don't know how that's a big question. <laughs> and people ask me that all the time, like. Like, is this something you would like to do for a living? I'm like, if I could figure out a way to, like, be able to pay bills and stuff and do this, even if it's, like, going on the road, 
they're like, would you drop like teaching? I was like, yeah, I would, I would give it a go because I know I can always come back. I have a teaching license right. that, you know, I'll be able to come back and get a teaching job somewhere. It's not right. like I'm, you know. Unless Scott Walker comes back, makes it harder somehow. He actually made it easier for us. Oh, Because really? he turned it as far as licensing because you had to, in the past, every three or five years, you had to renew your teaching license. Mm. And it was, I think it was like 100 or 150 bucks, which, I mean, in the grand right, scheme of right, things, right. isn't a big thing. But he actually got it passed through legislation that after five years you have it's a lifetime license so like <laughs> interesting it's so yeah. he, he actually made it he actually made that easier for teachers i yeah i'm not gonna get political or anything no but, I, mean, I, I don't know anything about it but, but he actually made it easier for teachers he made other things tougher um right but he made that easier so the only thing is if you are if you don't teach at a wisconsin high school i think it's for seven consecutive years then you have to like reapply for everything. Oh. So I'm like, I could take six years off and do this. Right. Because for me, it's easy. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. Right. I could, if I decided tomorrow, you know, screw it. I'm hopping on a plane and yeah, starting in San Diego and moving up the West Coast. Yeah. If I could make it work, I think it would be, it what, would be, it would be cool. It would definitely be cool. What's the furthest you've performed? Furthest away from the the valley? Um, and like. I, whenever I travel, which I didn't do as a child, but whenever I travel <laughs> yeah. now, if I go somewhere, I always look to see if they have an open mic or if they have like smaller shows like during the week. And, you know, I tell them, I said, hey, <clears throat> you know, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm traveling here. Um, I do stand up comedy. I do improv comedy. Here are some video bits or some audio bits. Um, you know, if it's an open mic, then it's just luck of the draw. But I, you know, I, I usually just ask, would it be cool if I got like five minutes? And a lot of places are very, very open to it. So, um, like, so I've like Charleston, South Carolina, San Diego. I've done a couple times. Kansas City. I went to last summer. Um, so wh wherever I go, I try yeah, to find. That's awesome. Who's the best? Who's been? Uh, and I mean, I know this doesn't mean the whole place is like this it's yeah. just an audience uh, or cross-section if you will mm -hmm. what's been the coolest out-of-state audience that you ran into um the first time i did S san diego um there was there was a club there that i signed up online at on their facebook page because they had like a lottery for spots on this night and i you know, my name was on it, so I'm like, okay, now I have to plan this night on my trip to San Diego around there. So I went there, and the guy's like, you know, we'll give you, you know, since you travel a lot, we'll give you like seven minutes and, nice. you know, do this. I'm like, that's awesome. I totally like that. And I had friends there, so they were like taping it for me. And this was not long. This was probably about six months after the Netflix Making a Murderer series came out, and I'm from Manitowoc. Right. So. <laughs> Now it's huge. And it, it was. So I had my entire set, what I was going to do. You know, seven minutes, it's not that long. Okay. Um, though sometimes on stage it can feel like an eternity. Yeah. But I had the entire thing out, and then they said, oh, coming all the way from Wisconsin, and he got, got there. And the host gave me the microphone, and just as he was about to hand it to me, and he didn't know where I was from. But he's like, oh, from Wisconsin. It's, you know, like, you know, the Packers and the Brewers. He's like, where are you, where are you from? 
And I'm like, oh, I'm originally from a town called Manitowoc. And I don't even think I got the C out in Manitowoc. Someone in the front row was like, making a murderer! <laughs> and I'm like, I literally, <laughs> that paper, I'm like, okay, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> and we literally just talked about like Wisconsin stuff for like seven minutes. Nice. And they, they, they freaking ate it up. I, I, I'm sick of it now. I hate it now. The making a murderer stuff. Yeah. The, oh yeah. Because right. it's. I mean, it's. You know, they came out with a second season. Right now, yeah. And I, 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 I tell people now. I say it's easier for me to just say I'm from Plainfield because that's where Ed Gein was from. It's a whole <laughs> lot easier to explain than this whole right. Manitowoc thing at right. this point. Yeah, let's not get into that, huh? No. <laughs> no. 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 Absolutely. That's not. cool. That sounds like crowd work. Yeah. No. Unexpected. And it yeah. wasn't even me doing the crowd work. It was the host saying, right. I'm like, man, to walk. Hey, okay, that's where we want to go. Nice. It's like, when you, it's like when you get weird suggestions on improv. We tell them all the time. Yep. You know, if we, you know, if you, you if, yeah. You say it, we'll do it. Right? If you say farts as your suggestion for the scene, you're going to get five minutes about farts. And, right. And <laughs> oh, those are the enjoy. jokes that sell, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're not gonna do. You're not gonna get many people saying um, 18th century or 19th century U.S. presidents. Oh, okay, we can do that. <laughs> Easy. No, let's do farts instead. Um. So at UW Oshkosh, did they have the reunion and stuff when you were there? Yep. Okay. The old reunion with a bowling alley and a bar really? in the basement. Yep. Oh, now there's a bar. I don't think they serve alcohol. I don't know if they do or not, but that's where that first student comedy show was. Mm-hmm. But they put together there's like reunion board, and they put mm-hmm. together a bunch of yep. events, um, and they do like a homecoming comedian. And uh, my sophomore year, or something like that, it was Rob Schneider. Mm-hmm. So I just like joined to <laughs> basically I joined to help promote, mm-hmm. which basically meant I stood with two other people in a circle and we just talked while other people went out and like wrote chalk <laughs> on the sidewalk nice yeah i think we set up chairs so okay yeah i'm a laborer at heart um <laughs> I, and i know uh, all too well i grew up on a farm so yeah um masonry is my background so um less fecal matter but similar similar I I would hope. I would hope Absolutely. less fecal matter. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what you're. <laughs> well, it's my dad's I don't know what you're using as mortar. Right. So, but. <laughs> right. Um, but I got to meet. You get to meet Rob Schneider. That yeah. was the perk, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he um, he had a little bit at the end of his thing that was like a, from a philosopher that I listened to on YouTube extensively. Mm-hmm. And I asked him a little bit about stand up, and his advice was, "Don't overthink it." Like, don't overthink your set. Um, just get, like, five minutes, go out there and do it, and just, like, keep keep reworking stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question to you is, uh, is like, what's your advice to people that want to try Skyline's open mic or um, any of the – there's a few open mics around town now. But Yeah, as far as the open mics go – Or getting started, I guess. Or, or getting started – um, first off, I would, I would go online and watch some comedians, but not like the, 
the ones that are getting hour-long Netflix special. <laughs> like, don't start out by saying, I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to watch this late and pa- latest Patton Oswalt special and see how he does. Because that's that's another galaxy right. as far as stuff that they're doing. But find um, just some, you know, go to a show, see a local comic, or go to, like, the Skyline or any other place and see, like, who some of these features or headliners are that... Us in the, we in the comedian circle know the names, but you might not know. And see if they have any stuff online. Sort of watch that and just kind of see what they do. Um, and then just write. Just constantly write. Like I said, I always... Boy, I hope I have it now. <laughs> but I always have something like this with me at all times. And I'm just writing stuff down. You know? Yeah. You, you know, the... You know, Oh, I wake up in the middle of the night and have the thought, yeah, I've done that. I Like a dream or something or I something that I forgot earlier in the day, all of a sudden I wake up and I'm, I'm writing it down because you never know when it's going to come in handy. Um, and I, you know, I have stacks of these and I can go back and look at them and like jokes I've forgotten about. And I'm like, damn, that was a good joke. Why, why am I not doing that? But if you're coming to an open mic, it is... It's it's always going to be a good crowd. There's rarely going to be a heckler and an open mic. Um, you would think that's the place where a heckler is going to be, but there's no drink minimums at open mics. Mm. Um, so there's not people that are required to throw right. down two drinks. The people getting beforehand. hammered usually <clears throat> or, are the yeah. ones that are about to go on. Yeah, and they've only been up there twenty or less times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you're going to see people who are just as green at it as you are right but just yeah that's a concrete reference yeah well, maybe not actually maybe <laughs> it comes from something else but anyway but uh you know, <laughs> go up there and just you get they'll tell you at the start of the show depending on how many comics you might have four minutes right even if it's one joke and you're up there for two minutes that gets the initial stage fright or whatever off there right and you can see if there's a laugh sometimes there's going to be laughs sometimes there's not going to be laughs um, nobody's going to boo you off unless you're just unbelievably offensive or doing things that right you know and you won't get booed off they'll just shut off your mic and then they'll kindly ask you not to come back but yeah just go out there go out there and try it it's it's a very supportive community um you never know who you're going to run into that might say hey that was a great three four minutes that you did i'm doing this show at this place coming up in two months Mm -hmm. do you want to try five minutes yeah or come to this open mic, or come to this, um, because that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna gain confidence, and that's how you're gonna find out if things are working or not. Right? Because there's so there's been there's been um, some comics that I've seen that <clears throat> yeah they get up there the first time and it's I want to say painful, but you can just tell that they're uncomfortable, and if you're uncomfortable, the audience is going to be uncomfortable. Right. They're going to feed off of what you're doing there. Yeah, it's it's so crazy how how much like reality is a mirror. Like it's like what you put put out there, it comes back. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, like people don't want you to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, if you're sitting up there dying, it's like. <laughs> they want you to feel okay, you mm-hmm. know. So, and I've seen comics cool. that have been uncomfortable their first few times, and you feel uncomfortable as an audience member, but they keep coming back. And 
that's what I tell people. Even if there's someone that comes to every open mic at a certain place every week and it's just, you know, people are getting sick of them, I'd say they're still coming. They're, they're trying every mm-hmm. week. And that, that's what you need to do to, to get better and to gain respect and to get some of these gigs because, like, I don't get to as many open mics as I would like to. Mm-hmm. I think if there's an open mic, and we, we talk about this, you had you had Jake Shane on the show mm-hmm. a, a little while ago, and other comics that you, you're you gonna get out of it what you put into it. And we know people are busy, you have kids, you know, you have right. this, you know, taking vacations and stuff. But if you really aren't going out there to you know throw that five minutes to work at it, you know, you're not gonna get any better, and people that are putting shows together, no matter how good you are, they're gonna look at it and say, well, you know, what is this person really doing? Are they really committed to this? Right. So you you just have to you just have to get out there and and do it as much as possible. Yeah. How often do you feel like, or how often are you getting stage time? I guess. Um, this I mean this time of year for especially at the backlot open mics I've had to miss because um, I do uh, coaching and well I, I and I do um, some high school football games on radio which are Friday nights so I've had to miss mm-hmm. some. Um, What's the station? Uh, that is WHBY and WSCO. You know 95.3 and 99.1, the score. You, you know Josh Duclo then? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Me so, <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been doing that for a couple of years too. But, like, I, you know, coaching golf now in the fall, you know, I might not get home after school. There's practice or a meet on a Wednesday night. You know, I've had to miss some of the uh, Skyline ones, but... Mm-hmm. When you when when you can, you'll get out there and you'll get rewarded. Eventually, there's going to be shows like like now. I'm kind of taking on another role of putting together shows at the back lot. We're trying to do a once a month like little showcase with like three or four comedians at a time. Mm-hmm. And what what goes around comes around. There's people that have put me on shows, and I'll say, "Do you want to come to this one?" Right. Or younger comics, or uh, comics that haven't been doing it too long. Have you, have you ever seen anything come from UWO? Have you ever seen some like kids kind of dr- like trickle into the scene, even even if they phase out right away or they don't stick with it? There there have been some. Um, that's like that's what I want to see happen more often mm-hmm. in music and comedy. I was telling you before the show, like the two things that really drive me is like is like the entertainment, like the scene, the music scene, yeah. the comedy scene. Like how can we build something that attracts? people that move up here temporarily to go mm-hmm. to uwgb uwo to like stay and yeah. develop themselves here you know there there have been um there was a, a uwo student who was with our improv troupe for a good year nice uh lee marshall is his name and he for like a senior project he was like he just went around to the open mics and the shows and stuff and interviewed comics nice and he was he said it was, was a radio tv film yeah it was gonna be like a mm-hmm. documentary he's like i want this to be like 90 minutes long and i'm like you're insane <laughs> i said if you're gonna do that that's insane holy shit, you know and yeah. he was like setting up cameras and lights and stuff by himself but um you know he did that and he was getting some friends out there to come to the skyline open mics and stuff and it, it was nice. <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to you know, put a label on it or make it sound negative, but it was really kind of like, you know, and and, and these guys were like 21, 22 years old. It was still kind of really college bro frat 
the humor yeah was was that kind of stuff gotcha. and there, there's a time and a place for that but um right they they learned pretty quickly that you know they just that only works in a certain place and it's only going to work you know for a certain time right. and they came back and they changed their stuff and they got better or they didn't and right. like i said it was you know it's the owner of the club that's going to say you know i'm not you know we're not a canceled club type of thing but that's pretty offensive what you just said right there for no matter who's listening right interesting yeah that is cool um that was kind of what i was trying so i started like a comedy club and then (laughs) and then the president that i transferred Mm -hmm. to or whatever because i started pursuing this essentially i was telling you um he didn't like renew the paperwork (laughs) So I think oh, I don't. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think you have to do the exact allocations. Yeah, the very basic <laughs> part of staying a club. Um, yeah. So I don't think there's a comedy club there anymore. But now that I'm like hearing that some kids come out, I don't know. That just it feels hopeful. Like I and I hope word gets out. One thing we're trying to do as far as with the backlot and improv is, and we've done this in the past, but interest started out high and then sort of fizzled because since we sell beer there um it's got to be 21 mm-hmm. but we had offered in the past but in a working capacity oh but i guess their friends can't come then. yeah yeah we yeah we said okay let's have some college shows you know mm-hmm. for you know we won't sell alcohol but if you come in with your uwid it'll be you know bring bring a group of five people for 20 bucks right you're not going to beat that right um on a friday or saturday night or or clubs you know we had we had some sororities come in we had some other clubs that said we're going to bring 30 people can we do a show absolutely we're going to come and watch this and it just sort of i don't know what it was but interest just started fizzling where all of a sudden we would get there at a for a special show at seven o'clock and there'd be like two people in the audience we'd like (laughs) It's up right. to you. We can do a two-person show. You know, yeah. we can do a show for you. But weird. And we and we want to try and get that with like even with the high schools with like the theater yeah. and drama and forensics and that kind of stuff. I think that's where you have to start. I, something there's like a there's a weird disconnect with the campuses, like from the communities. Yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, both I can of them. Like Green Bay is really far away yeah. from downtown. Oshkosh is like in the midst. But it's all like it's like pub crawl and that's it, you know. <laughs> Which like yeah, yeah. I don't know. There is there is a disconnect. Um, but I think I think if there's like a community driven thing that spurs from the high schools, mm-hmm. um, and the thing is, I guess you have to call leaders. You know, you have to get leaders together and almost groom a few that are passionate about that. Yeah. Um, but I think if then they go to a local college, they could be like the yeah, they could be the one that sort of guide heads light. it up, yeah, right. But has has there been um? Do you notice anything when it comes to age in terms of like who's showing up at the open mics? Um, no, I mean there's there's always a wide variety. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean it's that's why it's an open mic. It's not really, you know, and you get even some of the comics that they have at Skyline are going to be 
a wide range mm-hmm. of ages as well. Um, and I don't, I don't think people look at that as like a deterrent or it's like, oh, here's here's this young comic or um, because they, you know, they cater to all different um, groups there. Um, you know, they have the, you know, the dry bar comedy, which is just, you know, there's no swearing or anything. It's just, you know, it's not, I don't want to say offensive, but it's not as, you know, rough no, if, if, if that's a word. Um, that's a word. Yeah, <laughs> they have. I mean, they have all sorts of different comedians that come there, and it's it's it's. There's 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 something for everybody. About, you're talking about Skyline. That's Skyline. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's even like you look at that compared to you know the huge mile of music that's here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something for absolutely everybody. Yeah, it's true. you know, and I I think that's people aren't as set. You, you, you know, you look at it, you know, you talk about politics and stuff and how people are setting their ways and doing this, like, I'm this, I'm that. But when it comes to, like, a big festival like that, you know, like, I, you'll probably hear me say at some point, I don't like listening to new country music, etc. Um, but I'll come to Mile of Music, I'll still listen to it. It's skilled tradesmen plying their craft in front of people, right. and it's just cool to see. Right. Um, I did want to ask you about your writing process. Because you have your, your I have I have the notebook, yeah. and if I don't have that, there's notes in my phone. And how often do you write? Oh, there's there's something in here every day. There's I'll I'll there'll be something in here every day that I'll think of and be like, this needs to be worked into something. And there are things in here I will look back months later and go, what the hell does this even mean? Right. <laughs> like I've I've done a five minute bit. Just reading notes. I'm like, I, I have no idea what this is supposed to be. Um, but like the bit was that you didn't know the stuff. I didn't know. I didn't know what my notes meant. Yeah. It was like notes that fell off on the wayside. Nice. And it's. So when you say you're writing that every day, are you, do you usually do you usually go into rants off of a bullet point or do you usually flush out a joke before you head on the stage? I will. Um, I'll write it down as like um, a bullet point, um, and then I will like th- like this one just says like skyline eight twenty one. First word is golf. I don't know what I said about golf, but I probably recorded it, so I can probably I was probably wearing stupid pants mm-hmm. um, that day. But then it just says like uh, old people, great grandpa, weather, um, vote local. <laughs> Those are the only things that says right there, and that was probably turned into, you know, four or five minutes. But from this, if I'm going to be doing a set, I have like legal pads where I will okay write out okay, this is what this means, this is where I want to go with it. Gotcha. Um, That's what I was trying to get at because for a second when you were explaining that, I was like, hmm, like that. That's definitely a testament to your improv background. Yeah, this, this have- is just like if I'm at school or something and like i think of something or something happens or somebody says something funny right. i'm gonna write it down i'm not gonna waste that opportunity you know? right and by now all the, all of my co-workers dread when i pull this out if i'm talking to them and i pull this out they're like oh no you're not gonna because we do like an we do like an end of the year yeah. roast and we had a teacher an english teacher bill steinert who did this roast at the end of the year for like 
20 some years rose like just amongst the teachers yes okay. it would, it's it, it's the last day of school after all the kids are gone for the last final we have lunch and then people send emails throughout the year like he's asking for like embarrassing stories about your coworkers. yeah and he retired so last year was the first year they they said they asked me to host nice so i'm like okay and but they know i'm a, a comedian as well so I pull this out. Even the students know at this point. You know, I'll pull out this, and they're like, "Oh, you're going in the joke book." I'm like, oh, it's not about you. It's something completely different. But yeah, it's if if I if I'm not writing something every day, um, then I'm disappointed because that means I'm not working Inspired. at it to get to get better. Or even if I'm rewriting the same joke, if I look at it and go, "No, I don't like that. Let's add something of that to it." Yeah. When do you normally sit down to look back at it at night? Um, at night, like, like um, lunch. Yeah, and I I don't like the ones the the old ones I have are all at home, and I'll go back and you know some of them like the covers are falling off, so I'll you mm-hmm. know write it down and put it in like a binder or something um, to know what I've done in the past and what's worked and what hasn't. But like on the weekends, like that's a Especially during the yeah. school year, like a Sunday night thing, nice. or if it's if I know I'm going to Skyline and I want to try something new or go back to something, I'll I'll go back and look at them. But yeah, these are these are scattered all over my house. Yeah, I like that. That's respectable. I I had I have a bunch of notebooks full of different ideas mm-hmm. um, from jokes, very occasionally <clears throat> like like musical concepts or something just. Mm-hmm being creative and writing um but i was never able to like um i was never able to like go back and put them all in one place i was just like writing like writing this again or typing this again like it's just like it's a lot of work for something i might not use um but i think it's something you build to like it's a routine and like Mm -hmm. now that you're four years in well seven years into you know yeah perform performing it's just like it's more access uh accessible like you're like oh i'm gonna use this next week hopefully right hopefully yeah so yeah or or i'll find one that i haven't seen in a while i go back and like i said i'm like that was a great joke why did i stop doing that i'm an idiot yeah that's good though you got to look back too because we got to make time to look back because otherwise you're losing the things that you you know the threads that you started Mm -hmm. so um so i have one more question for you nick what do you think of my art piece i didn't i didn't make it myself is that that like on metal is that like aluminum it it is on aluminum i i purchased that in door county i feel super fancy um it really spoke to me and i knew the show needed some sprucing up and i think our viewership has tripled since i purchased it probably has (laughs) <laughs> but, but but my question is, well, I have a couple thoughts on it. First, sunrise or sunset, or is that open to interpretation? So there's a there's a ninety five percent chance it's sunrise, <laughs> okay, because it's Door County, yeah. But it could be Clark Lake, yeah. So if it's Clark Lake, it could be sunset. But there's a very good chance it's sunrise. Wait, no, no. If it's lakeside, it's sunrise. Yeah. It's probably sunset because you can see the other side okay. of the bay, yeah. which means it's probably south 
Door County, where you could still see like Marinette. This is going to be a big mystery. So that's thought one. It's probably sunset. <laughs> and secondly, um, just to go for paintings, it's, it's not dealing with this painting, but who do you th- like? What painter do you think of if that was a painting? Picasso. Or with a sunset and trees and a lake, happy little trees. Oh, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. For sure. <laughs> that's a friend a f- of mine had never <clears throat> watched a Bob Ross episode. Really? Never seen him paint anything. He knew who he was, but he had never watched an episode. Was and he was he a convict or something? No, Convers- no. He's he's like uh, he works at the comedy club with us. Scary. And he had never seen it. And I was told that he watched a video of Bob Ross for the first time and just lost it. <laughs> was just incredulous. How did he? Like how did he? What? That wasn't even. That's just. Oh. How is it a tree? It, like, <laughs> right. he couldn't believe what he was doing. So I am going to come. Like, my new yeah. project is going to be, like, like a, a videotaping this guy watching <laughs> Bob Ross and just selling it because it is just. What's up, everybody? I'm Nick Brandle, <laughs> and this is Chris watching Bob Ross. <laughs> it's basically what? what it's going to be. He, he, like, gets, he gets angry at it. He's like, look at the depth. There's like that is an actual mountain with like yeah. s- there's slides coming down of the stove. I don't get it. Where? How is that tree behind the other tree when he just painted it in front? <laughs> he's ahead of his time. He, he was ahead of his time for real though, because he's like more famous than he's ever been now that he's gone. Yeah. Apparently, he didn't make that much money doing what he was doing. No, which makes sense. That's insane. Painters never do. Yeah, artists never do. Yeah, right. That's a shame. Yeah. But it seems like the internet has opened up some some crazy wormhole for for people to rise if they're talented and they have the work ethic. So it's been a cool thing. The, the internet opens up wormholes to rise if you're talented, and it <laughs> opens up wormholes to just waste your day away yeah. if you don't feel like doing anything at work. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's the flip side. Yeah. There's um, like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's like the six degrees of internet clicks now where you can start with like – Stephen Hawking and go to like and you end up at you have at no idea 9-11 every time yeah that's yeah. where you always or <laughs> like Canadian fur traders how did I go from there to there but there's Club six clicks seals. like <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell that's she might weird, be dude, you're weird she might be <laughs> she might be the center of it all she might be like the internet black hole that'd be crazy you'd think it'd be Al Gore but you'd think it would be because he he did apparently anything. invented it I don't know no I he helped with legislation yeah. that helped get it going. I guess is the that's actually not a painting. That's a photo. That's just a photo. Okay, a photo transferred to aluminum, that's which crazy. I was like, that's interesting. Well, I appreciate your art critique. Nick. <laughs> no problem. I just, that's one of the few subjects I haven't had to teach has been art. A couple of comments. Oh boy, I I forty one versus I forty three comments. I hope we'll see. Who kn- yeah, Steve Terry said I forty one. Okay, hell yeah, I can respect that. Lyle Sydney said I forty two. Two. Well, now you're going east west. <laughs> I don't even. Lyle also said that you also left the rogue on empty. Earlier in the show, I left the rogue on empty. Is that your car? No. The backlot comedy club or comedy house says that he looks familiar. I. T- no, oh, okay. Me, That's I, good. I, I hope he's talking about me. 
that's maybe, good maybe that's selfish <laughs> yeah i'm there every weekend <laughs> Oh, for Life on Hold, yes. Bowen, yeah. Is that the two-season show? That's the two-season show. Life on Hold. And you put it on hold. What a meta thing. It was, the story was a college, or a guy delivering pizzas, and then he took a job at like a call center. And just the hijinks that went on, and it was like a love interest type thing. Yeah, I got to find all those shows. But yeah, I'll be seeing Bowen in, for sure in March. He's getting married. I'll be going out there to LA for that. Congrats, sir. My parents comment at all? (laughs) I don't think they were watching. <laughs> Funny story. Oh. The last one is Terrell Newman. Who would you want as your general, Sherman or Grant? Oh, a Civil War question. <laughs> Who would I want as my general, Sherman or Grant? I would have to go with uh, William Tecumseh Sherman on that one. Um, he was a realist from the start of the Civil War. He knew it was going to be long. Um, he basically went from atlanta to savannah without any need for supplies from the government and plus he wasn't just a drop dead alcoholic like ulysses s grant was damn that's a thought out answer <laughs> you definitely want a realistic uh battle leader yeah grant just drank all the time yeah <laughs> all the yeah. time how, how like what would you think if you're just like all right we're fighting for this and every night your guy is just at the bar getting <laughs> slow <laughs> I, if I was Boys, tonight, <laughs> if I was in the army, if he would share it with me, that would be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, if, if the guy in charge is always drunk all the time, probably a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, you would in think. anything that you're doing, whether it's army or logic was just you run like, a school bus company. That's, that would right. be bad as well. You know something? No, no, no. no. I, was, <laughs> I was just throwing that out there. You are a teacher. We might have some uh, some <laughs> intel. Lammers or Kobeson? What are we? What's going on here? Oshkosh has <laughs> yeah. Oshkosh has Kobeson. We have Kobeson. We're a Kobeson right. district. Um, cool. Any others? No other. Appreciate comments? those comments. Question of the day: I forty one or I forty three? It's coming from Nick Brandel a stand-up comedian and an improv comedian here in northeast wisconsin uh nick thanks so much for joining us you bet thanks for having me see you guys thank you so much for listening to this podcast it truly means a lot to me 